News stories were coming in about this strange virus in Wuhan, China. It was weeks before we saw the first cases in the U.S. As the numbers went up each day, my curiosity got the best of me, and I started plotting the curves. Hear stories from real people all over the world and how they've responded. I'm Sally Hendrick, founder of Shout Your Cause, and this is COVID-19, The World Responds. Hey guys, it's Sally Hendrick with Shout Your Cause. Is this Camilla and Keith Spadafino? Is that how you say your last name? Got it, Sally. Awesome. It's Italian, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. All right. I've been to Italy like a dozen times, so I can get that pronunciation. Yeah. So you are teachers. Yes, we are. Yep. And you've got a long history teaching in Nashville. Both of you in Nashville all this time? That's right. Awesome. That's awesome. Okay. So I started this podcast and this YouTube channel at the beginning of this year, pretty much after COVID started. And I did it as a way to kind of see how people in the community are responding to this because it's different for business owners and teachers and um, you know, I've, I've even interviewed the chancellor of UT Martin and some other you know, other different types of people, factory workers, factory owners, a postal worker. I mean, all kinds of reactions from different walks of life because it's affecting everyone in different ways. And instead of trying to make this like a perf- perfect um a perfect podcast or a perfect rendition of of this time. I just want to document it as it is right now as naturally as possible and find out more from people. So thank you so much for agreeing to do this with me. Thank you for doing it. It Sounds kind of like a story core, like you're documenting this unique time in history. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And with all the mistakes and, imperfections and everything you know we are in 2020 and it's quite the year right (laughs) all right so and it has nothing to do with my business doing facebook advertising but it does have to do with uh raising awareness the business part of it is called shout your cause and shout your cause is basically raising awareness for worthy causes or for things that are going on in the world that people need to know about great All right. So um, one of the things that attracted me to you was I saw you, I mean, I've met you in person before, but I saw you in a Facebook group around Tennessee teachers and we were just discussing different aspects of going back to school this fall and the challenges that teachers were getting into and trying to navigate and all of the changes that are going on. And, um, and so I wanted to be able to talk with you about how that was going. And so I know that we have some changes coming up uh, this week, but how did things start out for you when the school year started? Was it going all right? Or you, you, you fully went online? Yes, we, mm-hmm. uh, we both teach at Nashville School Arts High School. Mm-hmm. So, um, and all Metro teachers and many teachers all over the nation, we just got kind of tossed into it. Um, it's been a, a, an experiment, which I have found to be really exciting and creative. And I'm really fascinated with the technology and 
like literally going into my students' homes and they also being here with me. I'm an art teacher, so they're in my art studio with me. Mm -hmm. There's been really, really neat things, but it's been like a lot of people say, building the plane while you're flying it. It's sort of like building the plane while you're flying it through a hurricane, mm -hmm. <laughs> but without a stewardess. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. <laughs> now, what about you, Keith? It's really interesting. I'm a history teacher, so I always, and economics, so I'm always kind of thinking about things from that angle. And to think that, you know, if this had happened even two years ago, we wouldn't have had the capability whatsoever to be doing what we're doing. And, um, and I really wonder what we would have done. And so I'm already thinking ahead, being a lifelong educator and student. Snow, mm -hmm. Does this mean that whenever <laughs> it snows, that they're going not, you know, if they close schools, just say, okay, everybody get online. So yeah. I already started thinking that this could be the death of the snow day. But until then, I'm just marveling really at how, how well we've been able to do mm -hmm. considering how new the technology is. And even like Zoom, and team, we use Teams, Microsoft, um, just how much they've improved it in the beginning of the year. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, just yeah. even our computers that we had as teachers weren't capable of handling it. And I was really amazed mm -hmm. how fast the administration realized that and um, got us all new teacher laptops. So this has been actually um, kind of one of the more positive experiences I've had in my 29 years yeah. in terms of feeling like I'm supported. Yeah, that's good. That's good. We can, I feel like, be supportive because a lot of the things that happen in a school building, a lot of those problems have just disappeared. And so the focus is like really on the teaching. And, mm -hmm. and one thing I've loved about it is that the parents are sitting right there they're listening in and one day I was saying okay now you guys have got to get these assignments turned in they've got to get turned in or I'm gonna to have to start calling some parents and then here came the parents like right onto the screen I was like yes they're like oh no you don't have to call me I hear you yeah. <laughs> it was awesome my child won't let me in the room so oh. it's like I'm in class right now I'm in yeah. class right now like okay okay um, so you both are at NSA, you said, which is Nashville School of the Arts. Is that is that Metro or is it a special Metro? It's a magnet school. Unlike Hume Fogg and MLK, we don't have a, you know like academic admission requirements. We audition the students. Um, so okay. for theater, uh, orchestra, piano, guitar, uh, dance, visual mm -hmm. art, choir. Um, so, yeah, oh, writing. There's several conservative. Good. On academic schools, so a lot of times we'll get people, you know, wondering if we're like fame, where people go dancing <laughs> down the halls. Yeah, they, they see do. A student walking down the hall in ballet slippers yes. or with a guitar, but you know, mm -hmm. we're 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 serious about our academics as well. Yes. Now, have you, you said you both have been teaching in Nashville for all your career? Mm -hmm. yes? yes? Yes, our entire careers. 29 years mm -hmm. for me. Have you always been history and economics or? I started at Pearl Cone, so I'm from East, okay. so they needed an econ teacher, and so they actually came and found me. I had no intention of moving to Nashville, and I uh, ended up at Pearl Cone for 11 years, and then, um, 
went to NSA just for a different challenge and mm -hmm. I've been there 19 years. So wow. I've really enjoyed all of it really. So how did things um, go? Did it, was it smooth for everyone or was it more difficult for some than others? Because I know that you've had a positive experience, but I hear lots of other rumblings that some people have difficulties with, um, with the online thing going on in Metro. So I think we do have students that are not as well suited as others. And, and that's also true when we're in the classroom. So I hear those rumblings, like we were talking about, like we're in a lot of the same education groups and then I have uh, parents that are friends of mine with kids. And so I'm hearing all you know sides of it. And legitimately, some people just are not cut out for it. Issues with technology, with Wi-Fi, working parents I know are really struggling and I really understand that. One mm -hmm. reason might be more successful because we're at a high we're at the high school level the kids just yeah. are more independent um yeah they yeah. don't need mom to sit there and help them get on zoom or pay attention when you know if they're like in kindergarten or something that would be super challenging and i've taught kindergarten so i can yeah and there still yeah. are technology issues like you know um we'll have students in the middle of class They'll, they'll, Drop out they'll be of the dropped call. by the call and then they have to be readmitted. So I'm constantly having to readmit people uh -huh. or they'll be <laughs> online and then, you know, they'll just oh, no. I want to say, and then sometimes you feel like you're hosting a seance because you're like, like, Sally, are you there? Huh. Sally, can you hear me? Can you hear me? <laughs> like, like, you can't see them and you're like trying to call them and they don't answer. Are you there? Is anyone there? Can you all hear me? <laughs> their mic not, might not be working so you call on somebody and then you're waiting and you're not sure what to do because you're still waiting and then you call on somebody else and all of a sudden they come blasting in yeah. with their mic or they'll like try to answer with but their chat. I want to say like at school disruptions the announcement sometimes disrupts your lesson the fire yeah. drill the horrible oh don't miss that that awful active shooter drills those were awful you know yeah. we disruptions, assemblies, there was always like somebody had to use the bathroom or, you know, we didn't really have that many behavior problems or disruptions at NSA, but then there was that occasional, you know, incident as well. So like you could compare and contrast these on a Venn diagram and in some ways they're really similar. Yeah. Now things are starting to change for you though, because this week, what is happening? This was a this was a really hard day for me today. Um, it's just ironic that our time together, Sally, turned out to be. This was the day that I broke the news to my students that um, I have resigned my position, and it's what they call deferring retirement. I'm not old enough to retire. I have 20 years in metro schools. Mm -hmm. I will. This will be my last week um, working with these kids that I really bonded with and super enjoy. Were they upset? Yeah, there was crying and um, that, you know, I, that was, that was hard. I, I cried and they cried and, um, but then they, they were really reassuring. I said that I was really worried that I was disappointing them. And then they assured me that they really supported me and they were really happy because a lot of them know that I've been working at growing our art-based 
and it's sort of history based too because we have an art and storytelling project okay it's called paint the town by numbers paint the town by numbers okay tell me about that because that sounds exciting well i will start by saying that the idea came to me when i was teaching elementary art at lachland elementary which is in east nashville mm -hmm. well, thanks to mr rogers i don't know if you can see our mr rogers yeah uh, i was showing my art students a mr rogers neighborhood episode where mr rogers and he would go sometimes into artist studios uh -huh. and he went to see red grooms who's from nashville and lives in new york oh Yes, it was, it was so good. And at the end, Red Grooms drew a black and white line drawing of Mr. Rogers in all of his neighborhood. And I said out loud, ah, oh, I'm going to make a coloring book of all the people in our neighborhood. So I did. I made a coloring book of all the interesting people that were part of my world in my neighborhood. It is called Miss Camilla's Neighborhood. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, so that started that. And then I was leaving from Lachland, where I had been teaching art and also third grade for a while, to go to NSA, which is our city arts magnet. Mm -hmm. Thinking, I want to connect and tell a story that would relate to the whole city. And that literally just popped into my mind this was our first kit, the Nashville Paint by Numbers. And all the color names tell the story of Nashville, like barbecue sauce and hot chicken and biscuits. Oh, the color names. Can you put that closer? What are they? You well, got it. And there's Alley Pink. That's one of my favorite ones. Broadway Blue. I like green with guitar envy. Now, one thing, um, if you do anything else with Nashville, Tennessee Pink Marble. Have you ever... That's well, a good one. I, mean, I want to do some more Tennessee kits. I want to do one of every major city in Tennessee. We can get to that one. Oh, that would be great. Because then you you can incorporate history and community and social and just all kinds of things. What is that? This is the Franklin Theater. That's the Franklin Theater. Yeah. And then up here, I hope I'm not messing everything up on my gallery wall. We have a 30A Beaches. What is where the oh 30A like um is that Panama City and uh, no is, is it Panama City and Destin and all of those here and then we have and we have a Memphis and Chattanooga um, okay. is coming up we have a great store that we partner with in Chattanooga and I promised her that will be next so yeah we started. Awesome. And then it moved on to people. And one of our favorite people is RBG. Yeah, this was my second kit. So I had the Nashville one, and then I went and saw this documentary at the Belfort about RBG. I did too. And I came home literally and I said, I am so inspired by her. I have to. I just have to. And my husband was like, A paint by numbers of a judge? I was like, Yeah. <laughs> You RBG, but I didn't think, but that's why she's the president of the company and I'm the vice president because <laughs> when I was in, in early in college, a friend of mine, Clark Bumpers, came up to me and said, I need $10,000 because I'm going to start a submarine sandwich franchise. I was like, hey, nobody is going to buy a submarine sandwich. That was such a stupid idea. He was <laughs> Subway, you know. And so, Subway. <laughs> 
Anyway, she comes up with the ideas, and I just help her out. RBG was a very been one of our very popular brands. So Sally, we had all this going on, you know, before the pandemic. Right. Literally, I mean, I honestly, once the lockdown started happening, I it was frightening. My phone was. We sell these primarily on Etsy, and we have a few uh, retailers, um, including Barnes and Noble and Blick Art Materials. So I mean, wow, it's like a miracle. I don't know. I've been doing this while I was working full time. My phone was going cha ching, cha ching, cha ching, cha ching, like all with the virus going viral. Our business went viral and we needed help, but we couldn't get help because everyone was scared. I mean, I was scared, you know, bringing someone into my house. Um, so we, it was, it was almost impossible keep up with the demand because we literally our community pours the paint in these paint pots i have them printed locally um all of it the paint is made in kentucky we assemble them all pretty much ourselves mm -hmm. we're working night and day and then the paint factories closed down i couldn't order paint we were running paint i ran out of brushes i couldn't get brushes like yeah was totally it really was then, amazingly and then scary how it was just were. like the or we had to i had to shut down my etsy i was like what are we gonna do um then customers started emailing me just make a waiting list so i was like oh i was like made a waiting list and then the waiting list was just like oh, I can't even yeah. but hey that that works too because you open up the waiting list and then it's like you know We've got this much ready to go, and once it's gone, it's gone, and then we're back to waiting list or whatever. I had to get on, get this. Have you ever heard of Who Gives a Crap? <laughs> it's a toilet paper company. Like, <laughs> you know, when all the toilet paper was out, somebody posted on Facebook that I know in Atlanta, and she said, I love this company. It's like, um, they donate to, you know, underprivileged, whatever. I don't really know exactly the thing behind it, but it's um, bamboo, toilet paper, and, you know, it's, it's, it's supposed to be bad for the environment and whatever. And they have the cutest marketing that goes along with it, the whole branding and everything. So every piece of, every toilet paper roll is wrapped in a different color paper or different style paper it's mostly black and white and then there's the gold ones that are like you're at the end of your supply and so it's like the golden nuggets at the bottom of the box <laughs> and and it's like either stripes or polka dots or something throughout these little wrappings and it says who gives a crap on it and it's really cute but um we've ordered it now for four months <laughs> i love that. and it's it's good. Well, we we never run out anymore. Of course, I don't know if there's even um, a lack of supply anymore. I don't know if they fixed that supply chain now that. Ooh. Pardon. Yeah. Thank you for that insider scoop. Just, Just in now, case. if it happens again. Yeah. You source. <laughs> but I had to get on a waiting list at first, and so once they emailed me and they're like, "Hey, you've got until Tuesday to order," and then you come off the list and go to the end or whatever and and i was like oh well i better make sure i order and next thing you know i'm a repeat customer okay. 
I love that story. And then each roll is like a little gift. Yeah. <laughs> the paper, the paper can be reused actually. Um, you know, the outside. Well, like our paint supplier, it's been months now since they've mm -hmm. gotten back to work. They went back to work in May and here it is almost October and they're still backed up. Because their supply chain is disrupted probably for the okay. pay, maybe for the uh, containers that they came in. And then they, people don't want to work, you know, because I mean, I really understand they don't want to go into a factory. Um, so they have trouble getting employees. And then the same thing with our paintbrushes. Um, our paintbrushes would be in the warehouse, but they couldn't get anyone to go in and ship them to us. So it was begging, begging, you know, calling every day. And I mean, it was really something. And then I had to go and be really inventive. And because the paint we use is deco art and they have stripped it down to only their top 40% of their paints. But I have a lot of their 60 not best-selling paints also to add variety to my product. So now mm. I'm making these by hand, shaking up jars and swatching it out and sweating and begging my daughter to help. And then people are feeling paint, dropping on my porch. Everybody's got a mask on. <laughs> I mean, it's just been, it's been, wow. It's been incredible. So how many designs do you have? Do you know? have 14 14 okay and I'm assuming that yeah you'll be expanding into different not just different locations but maybe different historic pieces or historic references well, I, think I, I do want to continue to do historic I like Mr. Rogers the documentary inspired me RBG inspired me I've have an Aretha Franklin um, again from West Tennessee um, where Aretha Franklin was born and I wanted to do a singer and I felt inspired by her. Um, I had to really feel like struck by it. Like it has to strike me. Mm -hmm. I mean, literally make me feel like I have to cry a little bit when I'm talking. I have to have that kind of passion. Um, and right now I'm very interested in creating some florals and some that are based off of artists that I love and read my favorite artist I'm working on a series that's inspired by him but all of them are put to sort of like what's going on in the world today so it's like these you know or if they're a modern person that I mix it with vintage design elements from a vintage paint by numbers so I mean people were really asking us to do a San Francisco design because yeah. mm -hmm. um, yeah, we started out as paint the town by numbers, so we were just going to do town. So we kind of diversified, but we have so many ideas. And here's our that, New York. Um, you know, this it says persist. Okay. I created that. Our last family trip was to New York for the New Year. So I was crying on the plane. <gasps> I'm about to see the lady. Oh yeah. She <laughs> Obsessed with Lady Liberty. We were That's walking. All she could talk about. We were walking on the highway. We like, stop, stop talking to me. And then I saw it. I was like, it's so it's profound. Because I mean, that's that's something that we've all heard about, right? And then when you actually see it, the immigrant story, and it means so much to me. Um, so I I made that as soon as we got home. It was like all of them. Like I have to feel passionate. Persist, we argued in our family about why I chose that word. And then the pandemic came and look what happened to New York, but not just to New York, but to all of us. We all have to persist now. We 
right stay the course perseverance persistence all of these things we've got to get through i'm afraid it's going to be another year but you know now are you still teaching though keith you're still oh yeah i'm sure my students were hearing all the news today and they're probably going man i hope he's gonna go <laughs> they don't they love him. I teach AP, you know, and, uh, it's a tough course i mean ap advanced placement courses you know a lot of the students who have never had it there's definitely a learning curve when you go from you know your standard classes all of a sudden to this yeah. whole level so that's uh, a whole new thing right it's you know being challenged is tough you know and uh and it takes different amount of time for different people so we're in that time of year right now where there's definitely some students who are uh struggling and i you know i don't feel as bad because i know they'll do okay in the end i've seen i see it every year but mm -hmm. when you do this in that situation you're you the student you know it could be scary for the first time just like it was scary for us in the midst of trying to run a business in a pandemic. Well, I remember the first time when I was at UT Knoxville, my freshman year, I took an honors Western Civ class with Dr. Trainer, and he looked like Aristotle. He was really a scary looking guy. And the first essay I wrote, um, a student peer graded it, and the student gave me an F minus. <laughs> F minus, that's pretty bad. <laughs> the next day and i was looking around to see if anybody was you know but nobody i couldn't tell who it was and then dr trainer just crossed out the minus and left the f you know <laughs> and i called my mom and dad i was just like i don't know if i should be here so i know it's scary but i finally got the hang of it and once i got the hang of it you know it, it never left me so um, yeah i'm still gonna be here students so <laughs> Well, I think this is so wonderful because I, I honestly, I knew that you were doing the paint by number thing, but I didn't realize, obviously, that that was going to be your full time. So do you think that you'll keep selling on Etsy or are you planning on moving to something like Shopify? I have heard about Shopify. What I like about Etsy is, and Shopify, maybe look into it. I really like the software that backs up Etsy, how easy it is to ship things, all the data that I get. And mm -hmm. I like that Etsy is a platform like Amazon that people just come to Etsy, like they go to Amazon and mm -hmm. so really help my business. That's how Blick Art Materials found me. That's how um, Barnes & Noble found me on. Oh, okay. And then we've been approached um, from Oh, well, what is it? Uncommon goods. I don't know if that's going to work out or not, but we are, had some conversations with them. And then Anthropology found us there. Um, they wanted their designs on a canvas and ours are on a chipboard. Um, so, but, you know, they may circle back around later. So just saying like Etsy has really benefited me because yeah. a lot of traffic goes there and they advertise. Well, it's, for, it's pretty unique what you've got going. So... But you know what it reminds me of? I've got them right here. The magnets, like this is Ellis, this is a, which one is this? Elliston Place Soda Shop. Yes. The magnet. And then, and I can't, whoops, I can't remember the name of the artist, but all of the. Right, I uh -huh, love those. Yeah. Kitty stuff. Oh, here, I've got these too. 
Vandy Land. Yes. And Donut Den. Oh, we miss Vandy. You know, we used to go there. Uh -huh. Yeah. Where it was, loved it. I was like, oh, I was trying to think of what it was. I've also got the Donut Den coffee mug. So I've got several pieces from that collection, but he does those um, posters and everything as well. And he's expanded all over the United States. So I don't know where he started. I just know that it's the posters and the coffee mugs and the magnets that those are the things I know about. So who knows where you'll go with this? Well, yeah. people have a lot of pride in their hometown. I know in Nashville, you know, you go to anybody's house in Nashville, they're going to have at least one Nashville something. And some people uh -huh. just stacked out uh, because people really are proud of Nashville. We love Nashville. Everybody does. It's a great place. And we like to show our spirit. Yeah, but you've even you've even dug into this whole pop culture thing too, because you've got Mr. Rogers and, and there's got to be lots of other characters and people that would be from TV back in the day and it, the nostalgia comes out with that or the historic reference like you've got with RVG. So there's so, you've got, you have so many opportunities. Someone else that inspires me, this was a design I was working on right before we got out for the pandemic in March, is Harriet Tubman. And I had worked out the design on the marker board at school and I chose the word listen. Starry night sky behind her are silhouettes of trees, and I, I can't wait to get back to that one. We've been so busy um, producing, like selling and emailing, and all the you know all that business side of it, and then school, which has been a pleasure for me. I'm so thankful that I got to experience this part of history with the remote teaching. Yeah. So much that I, I am looking forward now to being able to return to what I love and that's creating new designs. Well, maybe you'll have a virus, <laughs> a virus one, a pandemic. My students thought I was behind this because um, I used to always kid them when I was, was doing my student teaching in Knox County schools, we got out a week before. And since I've been in Metro, we've been out for floods, tornadoes twice. Hurricane. We've been out for a hurricane. We got out for rain. We've been out <laughs> for cold. We've been out for heat. And so what I kept saying to my students is we've been out for everything except the flu. And all these other counties are always closed for flu. And I was like, you know, when are we going to get out for flu? We've got uh, to get out flu. You got it. <laughs> you got it tenfold. <laughs> It's been, by the time we go back, if we go back in January, it will be have almost been a year, you know, since we've been in an actual classroom. Okay, wait a minute. So, Sally, people have said, do Dr. Fauci, what would you think would be a good way to commemorate with a ping-by number? And anyone that's ever listening to this, please, I would love to know. Yeah. <laughs> oh He's all shaky. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Not in the curve, Dr. Felchi, my bubblehead. I could do myself and say, full on the curve. <laughs> Dang, you should do a series of just what's behind that camera there. I'd like to see what all you I got know. back I, I have, well, yeah, I have all sorts of things back here. I have like my little. <laughs> so I teach online, but I teach social media traffic. I teach website stuff. I teach Facebook ads. 
Instagram ads, how to make videos, how to do animations, how, how to tell stories with content online and how to grow your client base, grow your following and then turn them into clients with the whole sales process. And so that that is that's kind of why I asked too about the Shopify thing because a lot of people who sell uh, products, retail products or whatever, they sell um, on using a Shopify website or big commerce or something like that, which is what my husband has. Um, but yeah, this is my little pen <laughs> for, I have a school. Um, so <laughs> See, this is why she really needed to resign and focus on this because teaching is really mentally draining. People don't really realize how, I think there's yeah. a great book about teaching called something like 985 shows a year because if you're a high school teacher you teach more than you basically teach almost a thousand different classes a year in the 29 and i'm not kidding i think i've calculated it up and i've probably taught about 28,000 class sessions in my career so far and it's very draining not only are you having to like propel your energy into the class but then you're constantly Listening. asked to sit you know you have to i think the average teacher makes like 800 decisions a day or something crazy about that and yeah i yeah i remember i did do some substitute teaching at one point and i thought uh-uh i can't do this it is exhausting and i couldn't imagine having had created the lesson plans and then to do the grading and then you know, and to deal with discipline, disciplinary issues and all of these different things. It, it's, it takes a special kind of person, I think. Can I shout my cause? Yeah. Look at this. <laughs> it makes I wonder me, what it, it is. It really makes me emotional. So maybe I should do a paint by numbers for teachers because my cause would be, it's not just about paying us more. We do need to be paid our value, mm -hmm. but it's all those things you just said. We need an assistant in every single teacher's classroom. We need class sizes that are manageable. Mm -hmm. We need bright light, natural sunlight coming into our classrooms, windows we can open. The kids need healthy food. They need time to play. We've got it set up all wrong. It's like a factory, ding, ding, ding. It isn't manageable. Just like a doctor has a nurse, a teacher needs an assistant. We need someone to input the numbers, the data, help with the grading. That's why virtual school has been wonderful for me, or I guess we call it remote teaching, because like I said, a lot of these things have gone away. We've been told to teach with grace and forgiveness and just make it about the relationship. And that's where the real yeah. matter comes in. And I wondered about that because at the beginning, before the school actually started, a lot of teachers were talking about it and how in the spring, it was just kind of dumped on everybody right in the middle of the semester, right around spring break. And nobody really knew what to do except to push the same content, the same expectations through the computer to these children and it just wasn't working or to hand them a list of assignments to do on their own. And that was obviously not gonna work that well. So um, to come back and expect to have everything be like it is in the normal classroom while you're doing this online, it just doesn't work. There's so many other factors and, and we should take that opportunity yes. to mess up yes make mistakes 
and come up with a new way because yeah and part of the new way so our our adorable neighbor across the street goes to mlk they have a four day that's another thing i want to advocate for is less time not more kids need downtime we see him out in his yard every friday they're asynchronous last friday he was experimenting with turning their lawnmower into a go-kart oh that's and that right there that's so fun and educational in itself keep it our like on our computers or <laughs> we're looking out our windows like he's starting class he's making a go-kart out of a lawnmower yeah you need some more downtime um this year as long as you're doing remote you shouldn't be on your computer every day all day yeah we've been lucky in that ourselves in that um our youngest is a senior in high school and goes to Templeton Academy. I don't know if you know about Templeton. It's new. Teaching there this year. Your child might have Scott. Scott who? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. He was teaching there last year too. Um, we had, what was the class? Improv with him. Mm -hmm. And then another class, I can't remember the other class, but um, that's one of her favorite teachers. So that's been, yeah, that's been good. And he owns the comedy club and they went on over there with the class to the comedy, you know, club and everything. So that was great. Um, yeah. He inspired a lot of teachers and kids and he's done workshops. He'd be a great one to have on your program. Um, he's a super guy. He's a what? Super guy. He's really, super guy. Yeah. He really made a positive impact on education in our city. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I absolutely agree. Because he was over at Curry Ingram, and then he came to Templeton, and we started at Templeton in their first year last year, and um, it's just a different model, you know. They only take two classes at a time, and they dive deep and get a year's worth of curriculum in that first nine-week term, and you still get the same amount of classes, but it's just a very different way of doing it, and it really worked out for us. Um, and right now for the pandemic, we did a little bit of a hybrid model in the beginning, but now we are on an 8.30 to 1 p.m. Monday through Thursday schedule for regular classes. And then Friday is like community, clubs, advisory, you know, that kind of a thing. So, um, and that's from home, but but Monday through Thursday is in person. But they're so small that they have plenty of space to uh, keep those kids apart from each other. And well, it'll be interesting to see. You know, like people have always said, nothing is going to be the same after this COVID thing. And no. Even in MMPS, I can definitely see there'll be changes. I'm sure. Who knows what they'll be, but. I hope they don't take away snow days. That's all <laughs> I know. If this computer business causes us to have to miss our snow days, then it has been truly a disaster. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, waiting for the reckoning of public schools, the way we've seen with the Black Lives Matter rallies and protests, uh -huh. acting um, because I mean, public schools impacts every ethnicity, socioeconomic yeah. level. Um, you know, all of those issues like come into play here mm -hmm. and I feel like where, where is it going to happen? I keep hoping and waiting for that. 
Well, and I like the fact that as far as the hopeful thing of what's coming out of this is that everybody's going to get online. Everybody's going to have this equipment that they need. And this is something that's not always in every home. And maybe they're having to kind of figure it out right now, but eventually it's going to be like, you know, this is something that's just a given, you know, it's not like, you know, a, a, a privileged thing. Because a lot of the surrounding counties didn't do this. And so in my opinion, this is going to, you know, it's really going to widen the gap. Um, because I've told our MMPS kids, you're having an advantage here because you're learning this technology, rapidly adapting, building skills that are going to apply to your future career. Mm -hmm. And kids that aren't having to go through this struggle, like it has been messy. But like you were saying, you need, you need the mess. You need the unravel. You need the struggle to, form to, to make it better. Yeah. So I feel like our kids you know, that are doing a hybrid with part remote or in school, or whatever, definitely having an advantage there. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> well, thank you so much. I've enjoyed speaking with both of you. It was a treat yes. for me. For me. I loved it. We love to talk. Yes, talk teachers to us. <laughs> okay, well, thank you so much. And I will let you know when I get this all situated and I'll send it to you. Okay. Thank you, Sally, so much. It's good to be with a fellow West Tennessean. Yes. Yes. That's so funny. I can't believe I didn't know you, but you know. Well, I tell you the barbecue in Nashville has gotten so much better. I mean, you know, it used to be terrible when I first started teaching at Pearl Cone. I asked them, you know, where's the best barbecue in town? And they were like, which? And I was like, oh. and yeah. That's true. That's true. Because I've been here since 92. And I grew up in West Tennessee and Memphis. I went to Memphis State. So the whole. Was... Now Central Barbecue is in Nashville, two locations. Mm -hmm. and, that's so, good. That's serious barbecue now. So. Sally, I was also at Memphis State. Were you in a sorority? 86. No, I just went there for one year. 1986 to 87. Okay, I graduated 88 from high school, so I was there in 88 until 91, and then I moved to Nashville. So, nice. Okay, well, have a great day. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. Look here. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening today. Subscribe to this podcast to hear all our episodes. Go to shoutyourcause.com to our podcast page for information on our guests and notes from this show.